1: Welcome to the Press 1 for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Glimsdahl, and my guest this week is JJ Peterson. JJ is the StoryBrand Chief of Teaching and Facilitation at StoryBrand and co-author of the book, Marketing Made Simple. JJ, welcome to the Press 1 for Nick podcast.
0: Thanks for having me. Very excited.
1: You bet. So one question that I ask every guest Mm -hmm. at the very beginning is, what's one thing people might not know about you?
0: (laughs) So here's a funny thing is that with our staff, when we could all be together in the office, every Wednesday we had uh, staff lunch together and the staff would always make me tell a story. It was Wednesday's Wednesday story time because I have like very, I've lived a very unique life, like grew up in Africa. Um, I was an improv comedian for a while. I toured. I've been to every continent except for South Africa. So like kind of I have a lot of kind of wild stories, but I was trying to think of one that like nobody really knows about me because I, I put a lot of stuff out there. Um, one interesting thing about me is that, because uh, i would never put this out there, is that when we lived in Kenya, there was a leopard that would leap over our 10 foot high fence and pace outside my brother and I's window um, to try to hunt us. <laughs> It's funny that you're actually laughing. (laughs) <laughs> because I would I
1: would uh freak out I don't if think a 10 my foot... parents left.
0: Yeah. I mean that we had a 10 foot high fence to keep the leopards and the lions out. And we'd wake up in the mornings and there would be footprints. And there was this one leopard that evidently stalked my brother and I and even like would even during the day like be outside of our fence and we could see it occasionally. And so that's just not, you know, there's not a lot of people who have been stalked by a leopard and lived to tell about it, but that's one of the Stories I don't think I've told anywhere else. So that uh, that is
1: amazing. That's like in the top five (laughs) stories that I've gotten so far. Uh, I've gotten
0: pretty good. I I have a million. I played with a a black mamba in a bathtub, thinking it was a lizard. Like there was two holes in our bathtub where a soap dispenser used to be, and I named this lizard our lizard friend, and we would like hold its head and stuff when it would stick its head out and my brother and I had pet name for it and everything and then one day it stuck its neck out about three or four inches and realized it wasn't a lizard because it didn't have shoulders and my dad killed it and it was a black mamba and so my brother was playing with a black mamba for like six months
1: I feel like we don't even need to talk about anything else. We just hear stories of J.J. I, mean, for hearing... real, if
0: you, I was in a Missy Elliott music video. I mean, there is just like <laughs> I have like story after story. So I, I'll keep it short to those things. I almost died by Black Mamba and Leopard.
1: That's so awesome. I mean, not awesome that you almost died, <laughs> but awesome that you had the story. So
0: yes.
1: that is cool. I, I should have opened it up by saying Jumbo then instead of yeah. uh, saying I'm hello
0: yeah
1: there you go so with your book marketing made simple co-authored of course yeah but what what made you write the book before we get in i have a whole lot of questions you saw all the notes that i took and you're like oh man this is gonna be a six-hour podcast i gotta (laughs) bet i need another cup of coffee but what made you want to write this book
0: yeah so story brand what we do is we really help people clarify their message and we use a story framework to do that because so many companies are and individuals and you know entrepreneurs are so close to their products and services that they have a hard time explaining what they do in a clear and compelling way so we help them we teach them how story works and then help them cuz most people are telling the wrong story so teach them how story works and then teach them how to use that story to create their, their story that they can invite customers into a beautiful story and then put it in their marketing. So we, I, for my dissertation, um, so I was studying narrative theory and narrative marketing and I decided to do my uh, dissertation on the effectiveness of narrative marketing. And so I started to study, does this actually work? When people use and create great stories for their marketing, does it work? And the quick answer was it does work. Um, it works for anybody who is an entrepreneur all the way up to fortune 500 companies, you know, B2B, B2C, everybody, it works. The only thing that, uh, had an influence on whether it was more effective or less effective was if people actually implemented it throughout the organization. <laughs> so it really was like, is there, uh you know, did they create a, did they put it on their website? Did they put it in their emails? Did they incorporate it into customer service where every time you implemented it into a different area, uh, basically your effectiveness and like you saved more time and you made more money, plain and simple. Mm. So what, what I wanted to do was write a book that then said, all right, if, if implementation is the number one reason why people find success with this, then we need to write a book that helps people implement. (laughs) So that's really what, and we wanted to keep it really simple. How do you write, like, you know, for anybody who's in, in particular like marketing or trying to really pitch any idea at all, how do you create a speech? How do you create emails? How do you create a website around one singular message so we wrote the book because and we actually had a different book planned to release, um, and we were like, "Nope, we want our customers to succeed, and if if implementation is the number one way to make that happen, then let's write a book that helps them implement.
1: yeah, I, I love that because there were so many things inside the book, like you said it's it's obviously the book's name is Marketing Made Simple but it is the it's the kiss message. it it's keep it simple stupid yes. and i'm like yes i can follow this yeah. i can follow this <laughs> yeah. as i'm turning the pages i continue to look at it but um, my
0: favorite uh, you know everybody says don't read your reviews like on you know amazon and stuff and we got a lot of really good reviews but of course i went to the negative ones <laughs> and my favorite negative one was Uh, this book is not for the professional, it's for the amateur. And that was a critique. And I was like, yeah, that's like if you're a professional, you don't need me. Like you don't need this. And even professionals do, I think. But if you're an expert at marketing, you might, this, none of this is going to be rocket science for you. It's going to reinforce the things you already know, but this genuinely was written for people who don't know how to write good emails that stay focused and don't know how to create lead generators and don't know how to do websites. And you don't have to pay a hundred thousand dollars to somebody else to do it for you. You can do it yourself.
1: Right. And so instead of opening Pandora's box and giving all of the answers, I'm only going to ask a, a handful of them. And so making everybody else read the book too. (laughs) but so how can my listeners to get started? How can my listeners get more people to be interested in their brand?
0: The biggest mistake I think most brands make is they make all the story about themselves. So when it, in particular, when it comes to marketing or even, you know, on calls with customer service, like it, it really is all about we're the focus of the story. And what we teach people is that Every day, everybody wakes up as the hero in their own story, right? Like I have a certain number of things I'm trying to accomplish today. I'm trying to survive and I'm trying to thrive in my own life. Mm -hmm. So if I'm, as I say, I'm a customer, if I'm living my own story, that I'm the hero of a story and a brand comes along and creates a marketing message or any kind of message that goes out there that positions them as the hero in the story, then we're in competing stories right i'm i can look at you and go man that's an interesting story you're living brand you know that's great but i'm looking to be the hero of my own story and so if if brands tell a story where they're the hero you are positioning yourself as outside of your customer's journey mm-hmm. and what you need to do is understand that in even in your story as a company the customer is the hero of your story not you and so any marketing you put out there has to be about the, inviting the customer into a beautiful story where you get to play the guide. So you are helping the hero win the day. So you are Gandalf, you are Obi-Wan Kenobi, you are Yoda, you are Hamish. you know, in all of those great movies, there's always somebody there that has more experience, more knowledge, has been through the problem that the hero has, is experiencing, and they help the hero win the day. That's how brands need to position themselves. They are the guide in their customer's story. And when you make yourself the hero, we're great and we're wonderful and focus only on the features that your product or service offers versus the benefits, then what you're doing is you're making yourself the hero of the story and you're excluding your customer.
1: That is so awesome. How can I get my listeners to be the Gandalf
0: yeah. <laughs> of
1: their story. I, I think that is, it's, it, I might have to change my email signature to Gandalf Glimsdahl.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> so, how do you get started? How do you pique someone's interest to get them to even acknowledge that you exist or that, hey, it makes sense to continue that first line?
0: Yeah. Well, in, in Marketing Made Simple, one of the things we teach is called a one liner. And a one-liner is basically a quick, easy way to explain what you do or what you offer to somebody who might be interested. And it's formulaic. It's like you said, it's easy. It's, it's keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. And the one-liner involves three parts. And so it involves first stating the problem your customer is experiencing. Second, it's offering the solution that you have to solve that problem. And then third, it's showing explaining what the customer's life is like after they purchase your product or service. So problem, solution, success, problem, solution, success. Now, why I bring that up as an answer to your question is mm-hmm. that's also a better way to be thinking about positioning your customer as the hero. Most companies, like when you say, so what do you do? Like if somebody came up to me at a party and they say, what do you do? I would go, well, I'm a, I'm a marketing consultant or I help companies with their messaging. That's about me, right? That story is about me. So now I'm saying everything I do. When you are about the customer, what you do is you start with their problem. So you say something like, you know, so many companies out there, I said this earlier, so many companies out there struggle with their messaging, and they have a hard time explaining what they do. So now I've positioned, I've given context to your story, not my story so many companies struggle with their messaging because they have a hard time explaining what they do. Then I say, we created a seven part framework, story framework that helps people clarify their message. So that's the result. I mean, that's the solution to the problem. And then I say, and when companies use it, they save time and money and their business grows. So their solution, their result. So problem solution result. So I'll just say that a little quicker in in so if you pretend like so jj what do you do well, i'd say well you know so many companies really struggle with their marketing and messaging and they have a hard time explaining what they do to customers in a way that engages them and at storybrand we've created a seven part framework that helps companies clarify their message so that customers are more engaged and their business grows That is a quick way of just changing my mindset of making the story about me and making it about my customer. I'm still, they still think I'm talking about me, but I'm not, I'm talking about them and invites them in. So then anytime that they feel like, man, my messaging is confusing, or they hear one of their friends go, man, we've grown so quickly that everybody from customer service to the sales is telling a different story. And all of a sudden they, they go, oh, I have somebody who fixes that story brand, right? We yeah. position, we have to position ourselves as brands as the aspirin to somebody's headache. It is all about the customer problem. The only reason why people are actually coming to you is because you solve a problem for them. That's it. Otherwise they don't need you. So you have to be talking about your customer's problem all the time, how you solve that, and then what the customer's life looks like after they have bought your product or service.
1: Yeah, when you're in the middle of that networking event and somebody doesn't say, I'm a marketing consultant and he, at StoryBrand, instead you tell them that story, it, it's yes, you're talking about them, but immediately they go to what is the best case or worst case scenario that I'm in today or that I just heard recently. So there they're, you reframed them, but you now have tunneled their, their focus yeah. where they're saying, JJ, I've been working with this organization for the last 10 years. They've given me no results or I just yes, heard right. this story. So immediately they're trying to respond back to what you're trying to say. Right. And I love that, how you reframed that.
0: Cause all it is is, it's a very simple thing. Stories give us context and meaning, right? So it's a lot of times, like imagine a conversation where somebody says, uh, you know, so what do you do? And I say, marketing consulting. And then they say, well, what does that mean? Like, who do you work with? And I go, well, let me tell you a story about this fortune 500 company I just worked with. Right. Mm -hmm. So I tell the story to give meaning to the first part of the conversation or somebody said, you know, like, we, this year, this year, our customer service rate is, like our, our, our customer satisfaction is at a 99%. And then you go, let me tell you a story from one customer that I talked to that illustrates all of these numbers, right? The story gives context or gives meaning to the numbers, to the facts. And we do that all the time naturally. But when what we don't think about it is in terms of how we talk about ourselves. Don't just talk about yourself, about your company. Give your company context to your customer's story. Write that story that your customer is living and invite your customer into the story you are trying to help them win.
1: When people buy, is it emotional?
0: Oh, heck yeah. It's almost... <laughs> Here's the thing. I mean, there's so many, here we go. I'll give you a story for context. Here it comes. (laughs) So here's just an example. I'm looking outside my window right now and my lawn is overgrown, okay? I mean, that is a fact. I do not like to uh, mow my lawn. However, if I'm not embarrassed by that or I am not overwhelmed by that, I'm not paying somebody to do it the driving force for me to actually make a buying decision is the emotional piece that I'm overwhelmed, that I'm embarrassed. Like, yes, I need my lawn mode, but if I'm not emotional about it, I'm not paying anybody to do it. It doesn't matter. So people are driven by what we would term in StoryBrand's term, the internal problem. So I just talked a little bit about how you have to solve your customer's problem. Well, the primary thing that most companies do is focus on solving an external problem. So my lawn needs to be mowed, right? That's the external problem. And people go shopping for that. They go looking for that. But ultimately, they're making the buying decision on an emotional decision, which is an internal problem. So you need to recognize in your marketing and in your customer service that you are not just solving an external problem. If you only solve an external problem, you are going to miss out on an enormous amount of business. You have to articulate and speak back to and even shift your mind to think we solve this external problem, but we really are solving an internal problem. And it's a trick from screenwriting, really. So, you know, I said that everything we do is based on story. Well, screenwriters use an internal problem to connect the audience to any kind of situation. So you know if the lead character in a movie is trying to disarm a bomb the majority of us have never disarmed a bomb or have never rescued our daughter from terrorists from being kidnapped or never had to destroy the death star right
1: or ever played with the black mamba
0: yeah, yes <laughs> very few people have done that as well those are all external problems yeah. that you have to solve right well, what screenwriters do is they they focus the storyline on the internal problem that the hero is facing as well. So the hero often doubts themselves and doesn't know if they have what it takes or are trying to prove they are a good father or they're trying to prove they're a good son because maybe their dad died in a bomb blast, you know, a while back. So. <laughs> the story is driven by that internal if we if they were just solving an external problem we're bored we don't pay attention because we can't identify with those external problems but when we identify with luke skywalker not knowing if he has what it takes to destroy the death star not knowing if he has what it takes to be a jedi well all of us have felt that so they ramp up that internal struggle, that internal problem, in order to connect with the viewing audience, because we've all felt that, not the destroy the Death Star. Well, it's the same thing in your messaging. If you only focus on the external problem, it could be kind of interesting and people might buy it. But really, you have to solve their internal problem. Recognize what is the emotional pain that is driving this purchasing decision and solve that problem or speak to the fact that your problo- that your product solves that problem in all of your messaging.
1: Hmm. So what happens if we are trying to hit quota at the end of the quarter and we are pushing a customer to make a sale.
0: Yeah. Then you just, uh, one, you need to have a clear call to action. Most people um, in their messaging and in their conversations kind of leave it up to the customer. And the principle behind this is that most people in, in, in movies in particular heroes don't act on their own. There is a moment that like, that's why there's so many bombs that are going to go off in movies or like you have 24 hours to get your daughter back. It's because if there was six years before the bomb went off, then it's like, okay, well, I don't need to run. You know, (laughs) like every movie is about them running to it because it's so, no, If, if we have six years before this bomb goes off, we're fine. There's no urgency. And yet we do that all the time in our messaging is we just kind of go, hey, so if you have any more questions, feel free to reach out. Well, there's zero urgency there, right? And so you have to actually create urgency in your customer story. Um, You can do that in email form by just even asking questions like, are you tired of feeling like this? Are you worried about this coming up? Um, That creates a sense of urgency. It creates what we call stakes in the story that if they don't act, something bad is going to happen, which is the same thing that happens in movies. If you don't, disarm this bomb, the world will explode and everyone you love will die. So in a very less (laughs) forward way of just asking questions in your messaging, like, are you worried about this? Are you struggling with this? Are you tired of feeling this way? Call now, schedule an appointment now, buy now. You know, offer up a little bit of language that shows people you need to, if you don't act, something bad is going to happen and, You need to do that now and give a clear call to action that gets people to move.
1: In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your client's pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your client's needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. So on... In the book, you talked about something called a grunt test, mm-hmm. and I, I enjoyed the, the grunt test and what it means, but maybe explain to my listeners, what is the grunt test and what questions do you need to ask yourself?
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> we're all so close to our products and services that we we project our knowledge about our product and service onto our customer. So we're actually confusing them and overwhelming them and not giving them the, them the information they really want. And from a website perspective, and really even an email or anything, you have about three to five seconds to grab people's attention. That's what the studies show, depending on the studies, you have three to five seconds. So if somebody comes to your website and you are throwing a ton of information at them that confuses them or overwhelms them, they're done, they're out. Um, And this is everything from an FAQ page to your front page on your website to something that explains how to return a product, anything like that, right? If you are confusing people, they will, they're out. You have three to five seconds. And so in three to five seconds, you need to be able to answer three questions. What do you do? How does it make my life better? And how do I get it? if you can kind of focus on those three and make sure that every section of your website or, or every website, every email at least contains that information, what do you do it, that the customer could ask that and get these answers? What do you do? Mm-hmm. How does it make my life better? And how do I get it? Then you're gonna see an increase in engagement. And why we call it a grunt test is because we want that language to be so simple that people, the caveman could grunt it back to you. You know, and so call it grunt. Do you pass the grunt test? So we do this with our own websites we create and even we challenge other people to do it is like when it's COVID safe, (laughs) go to Starbucks or go to a coffee shop, open up your website and have somebody look at your website for three to five seconds and then close the website and ask them those three questions. What do I do? How does it make your life better and how do you get it? And if they cannot answer those three questions in three to five seconds, then you need to get more simple with your language and more clear.
1: It's so simple to go to a, a coffee shop and ask a stranger, as, as weird as it is, but going over and saying, hey, JJ, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. You just look at this for three seconds and tell me what I do. Yep. And, and it's in, invaluable information. So what happens if a customer or the Starbucks person is confused when interacting with your company?
0: then change the language. I mean, and that's the beautiful thing about kind of even the framework that we use is it's really all about words. It's not, you know, you don't need to change the color scheme of your website or your logo, or even your tagline, your tagline. This is where the uh, one area that people get a lot, very confused on. Tagline is not marketing. Tagline is branding. Marketing is basically answering those three questions. What do you do? How does it make my life better? And how do you get it? It's educating people on that through your messaging. Branding is how you make people feel. So you're, so a lot of people come up with this great tagline like Nike comes up with just do it, which is an amazing tagline. And it works for $500 million plus companies, because they don't really need to educate people on the shoes. Coca-Cola does not need to educate people on their drink. They don't need to say what it is. They are all about branding and about feeling. And that's what branding is about. Marketing is about education and memorization, helping your customer memorize the problems you solve and how you solve it. That's really it. Marketing is about memorization. Branding is about feeling. And so many people skip over marketing to go to branding. So they create these amazing taglines that go out there and they're really proud of them because they're very cute and clever, but they're not clear. And Hmm. if you're not clear, then you're going to miss out on a ton of revenue, really, and customer engagement. So the beautiful thing about this, you find out that your website is confusing people, change the words. Don't worry about your logo don't worry about the pictures don't worry about the colors don't leave it unless your pictures are confusing people too this is one thing drives me nuts somebody sells tea and their website has a picture of a mountain on it now <laughs> what they're trying to say is like you know you're going to experience serene or mountaintop experiences people in three seconds we're using our squirrel brain so if you're selling tea and you show me a mountain my first thought then is man that mountain would be beautiful to go to. It's not, this tea would be wonderful to taste, or oh, you know what, we should plan a trip to Colorado. You're immediately taking people in their mind off of the story you want them to know. So you put up an image that's confusing when you should literally just put a picture of of somebody drinking tea and being really happy. That's it. So then going, I want to be happy like that person. We'll buy the tea. You know, so, so that's what, you know, when you go to Starbucks and you find out you're not as clear as you thought you were, just change the words, maybe an image, but don't, you don't need to like redesign your whole website. You don't need to change your colors. You don't need to change your tagline. Even leave your tagline, just make your marketing more clear.
1: So when it comes to storytelling though, why is empathy and authority so important?
0: So empathy and authority are two characteristics of a guide. So in movies, when you're watching Star Wars, you're watching anything. So let's, let's use Hunger Games as an example. Haymitch and Katniss. So Katniss is the hero of the story. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, I am the Mockingjay. Um, and so, you know, you, Katniss is the hero of the story and Haymitch is her guide. Now, the reason why Hamish matters in the story, the only reason he's in the story is because he has empathy for Katniss. He has been where she has been, and he won the Hunger Games, so he has authority, empathy and authority. If Katniss wants to uh, open a bakery, Hamish doesn't matter in the story at all. Doesn't matter what, he's a drunk in the town that is annoying and angry, Mm -hmm. because of the story that, oh, it's this clever little fact that he won the Hunger Games. Doesn't matter. She's trying to open a bakery. So as the guide, when I was saying earlier, the brand has to position, your company has to position yourself as the guide in the customer story. When I say don't talk about your story, the only way you talk about yourself and your story is if you talk about it in terms of empathy, empathy and authority. We understand what you have been through or the problems that you're facing, because either we faced them ourselves or we've seen other people face them, and we have solved that problem. So that's it on, you know, and so for huge companies, you know, you can say that you've been in business for a long time, but only if that matters to your solving your customer's problem. That's it. For small individuals, one of the things that drives me, say entrepreneurs or small businesses, one of the things that drives me crazy is when people create uh, bios on their website that say their favorite ice cream color and that they won the three-point contest in junior high and blah, 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 right? None of that matters. That once again, if you're putting that stuff, now you're getting people to think about their own favorite ice cream, their own favorite movie, the three-point contest they lost. You're not engaging them in the story you're trying to create for them. Hmm. So it, that, it, you won't talk about anything that, has, that that is a, let me say that again, because I was getting a little, you won't, in your bios, you don't want to talk about anything that isn't directly related to your customer story. So I, I kind of jokingly earlier mentioned that I was um, in a Missy Elliott music video, which I was. I danced next to Missy in a Missy Elliott video, chingling. When I am doing a workshop or I am doing a, um, a strategy session with people, we go in and do like private sessions with companies and teach them how to do this. I don't mention that I was in a Missy Elliott music video. <laughs> now, if I was more insecure about what I offer, I would because I want people to like me. Right. So I mentioned, oh, yeah. Oh, I was in a Will Ferrell movie and I was on The Office and all of the stuff, which all of those things are true. But that's about getting people to like me. If I want people to actually engage in the product and service, I don't talk about that stuff. I talk about the fact that my Ph.D. is in communication, that I studied narrative marketing, that I've worked with thousands upon thousands of companies, including, you know, all the way up to the White House, Ford. You know, and all the way down to laundromats and bakers, you know, like that's what I talk about. Or I talk about how I used to be really frustrated as a because I used to work for a nonprofit and I did fundraising. And so I would say something like, I used to get frustrated every week when I had to sit down and write a new email. I didn't know, you know, I'm staring at a blank page trying to figure out what to write. That's empathy because most people who are in marketing or fundraising also deal with that. And then I say, but then I discovered this framework that actually helped me every time I sit down, know exactly what to write. And not only that, but it's more effective. I make more money for the nonprofit when I write it this way. So it's just empathy and authority. So for everybody listening, you want to be thinking in those terms from every place, literally from the person on the phone call that, that starts, you know, when somebody uh, first calls in to talk to the company, all the way through salespeople and marketing people and the CEO of the company, you need to constantly be thinking about yourself as the guide in your customer story. If you want your customer to win, the only way then that you can talk about yourself in that context is with empathy and authority. That's it. Everything else on the first date. Let me just clarify all the stuff that I'm talking about here is really like first date, first impression kind of stuff. Once you get down the road and be in relationship with customers, you can definitely go deeper. But in that first initial thing, they need to have context for why they need to do business with you.
1: Yeah. Why is it important to obsess over your customer success?
0: Um, well because it's their story right you know like you're you're trying to the only reason you exist is if they win <laughs> that's it you know if they win you win obviously So it's not just this, you're not a nonprofit, you know, you're, you're in to make money. Most of us, you know, there are, I'm sure some nonprofits out there, but most of us are in this because we're there to make money and we're there to build the lives that we want and not be capitalistic and crazy, but just like literally, no, this business exists for a profit so that we can pay our people and we can build the lives we want and they can build the lives they want. So you know, if you if you obsess about your customer's success, then every time they get a win, you get a win. And um, and but if you obsess about your own success, then often what that will do is put you in uh, in competition with your customer. And I think this is really so. This is one of the things that just very honestly really bothers me about a lot of um, customer service people that I talk to, <laughs> because. Let's, and specifically, I'm going to talk about large companies here, because once you get large, you have to develop some systems and processes because you can't deal with every case on an individual basis, or you're just going to be wasting so much time and money. So I get that. I a hundred percent understand that. But most customer service for large companies are designed to mitigate loss for the company not get success for the customer and if if I think if there was a slight mind shift it will take more time I get it when you start treating people as individuals versus numbers and versus cogs in a system it's going to take more time the factory floor does not work as well when everybody is doing different things I get that but I would bet that ultimately that the, the rate of return on that investment, on treating people like individuals and helping them succeed is going to far outpace the loss that you're going to experience by adding more manpower and hours. Um, you know, I, we have never been punished for being a generous brand ever. You know, our, that's our goal. Cause we always go, we're gonna go above and beyond and, and punished in the terms that have we lost some money or had to return some things that probably we didn't need to. 100%. Like revenue line might have been affected, but ultimately I think the revenue line is affected because word of mouth and people are going to talk about us more. They're going to spread the word, you know, um, some of our products are not cheap. And so if people are investing $10,000, we want them to get a return on that investment. And the more they get a return on that investment, the more people that they're going to invite into our system and we're going to win. So, you know, I think, that's why when you obsess about your customer success, like it drives me crazy when I call, like say a rental car company or an airline, and I know this is a simple fix, but it doesn't fit into their system. And so because I have a number of Twitter followers, I don't have a ton, but I have a num- I have enough to get people's attention. So I will talk to two customer service people and they I know it's an easy fix. I know it is because I've had this fixed before and they just fall into their line of system of protecting the company and not the customer. This and is the then,
1: way we've always done it though.
0: Yes, exactly. And then I go to Twitter and I go, hey, this rental car company, I need your your customer service people messed up. Then now it's public. And now I don't feel great about my experience and they're not looking good. And so now they solve my problem. They do. But I feel, I'm I'm still not happy about the situation because I didn't win. I had to go public with this and almost shame them in order to get the $100 back that they were going to give me anyway. (laughs) And, but that first level of customer service was not, it, it was not focused on my success. It was focused on the company's success and both of us hurt because of that. And I'm no longer a customer with that company.
1: Yeah. It's very well put. So I could listen to another uh, 100 stories of, of you being in with Will Farrell and the office and and uh, a black mamba and a leopard and uh, Missy Elliot Missy Elliott and everything else. So but I, I wrap up every podcast with two questions, JJ. So the first question is, is what book or person has influenced you the most in the last year? And then the other one is, if you could leave a note to all the customer service and all the customer experience professionals, it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m. What would it say?
0: Um, So the person that probably has influenced me um, the most this past year is, uh, this, and this is going to sound a little odd, maybe, I don't know, but is my friend Beth. And Beth um, lost her husband tragically right before the COVID experience and um, and she was pregnant with their first child and her story is so unique and so interesting. And like her, her husband was one of my best friends, like actually worked with me and was a coworker. We shared an office together Hmm. and there have been, and, and watching the way that she has had to fight through being a single mother and then experienced COVID on her own and all of that stuff, there are moments where, and, and I'm, and I don't want to be too cheesy about bringing this back to the focus of this podcast, but it, 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 she affected me in so many ways, period, period, just like watching the way she walked this journey and her grace and her strength, it's been unbelievable, but there've been actually so many times where I've wanted to go, like, tell other people who've created, say, hassle for her and go, do you not know Her husband died and she is a single, you know, wanting to yell at them, like you literally could have just dropped it at the front door and you created this, you know, and what that has focused me on when dealing with my own customers is recognizing that everybody is living a unique story Mm -hmm. and I need to be, have my eyes open a little bit more and pay more attention to, to those things, have more empathy and work really hard to solve their problems versus trying to fit them into my system that we've always used. And so that's, Beth, has really been the biggest impact in that. And then, you know, the note that I would leave for all customer service professionals, I would say this, don't play the victim. That is probably the biggest thing that I would say is I know that a lot of customer service professionals, specifically on the back end of things who are dealing with people who are angry and frustrated and yelling at them or dealing with a lot of that kind of stuff, is that it's really, really, really easy to go into a victim mentality. It really is. And here's an interesting thing about about stories is great stories are never written about victims people who stay in the victim space, and especially victim mindset. There are really four characters and types of characters in every story. There is the villain, the hero, the victim, and the guide. And the victim literally only exists in the story to give or take energy from the hero or villain. They make the villain look bad and the hero look good. And that's it. That's it, that's the only reason the victims exist. No stories are written about victims who stay victims. You have to transform and become a hero in order for the story to be written about you. And victim, villains often, you'll see, villains and heroes have the same kind of backstory, a backstory of pain. And the villain tries to revenge the pain and the hero tries to redeem the pain. That's really like what all the... So you'll even see villains with scars on their face to literally show you this person went through a painful experience. Yep. And so often when we get wronged or we get somebody comes at us or you know things didn't go the way we thought they would, we either move into the victim mentality or worse, we move into the villain and we try to hurt other people who hurt us. And so for every customer service professional out there, I would say... Never play the victim and work really hard not to play the villain. <laughs> Always work to be the hero in transforming yourself and then ultimately become the guide who helps transform others. Redeem your own pain, redeem the pain of others and help them move forward in their story. And by doing so, you will move forward in your own.
1: That was, that was deep. I love, I love that answer, man. I appreciate that. JJ, what's the best way for my listeners to get a hold of you?
0: You know, we have um, a little thing, if people are like heard some of the stuff I was talking about story and are interested, um, you can go to 5 minute com. 5 minute com. And there's just a few short videos there that help you kind of overcome some of these problems in your own marketing and branding. So just go 5 minute com. You can either use the number five or spell it out. Um, and, um, you can kind of get some free videos there that help you move your marketing and messaging forward.
1: Perfect. JJ, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I've, I've learned so much and, and now I know that we need to reconnect just so I can have a fireside chat with you of just your conversations in general. So I, I, I'm going to bring you in once a week just to have a a storytelling, like you said at the beginning. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks man. Hope you have a great one. All right. You too. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers.